right, so we interrupt your Thanksgiving preparations for this very special episode of the We Make Supplements podcast. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Encore. We imported someone into the country <laughs> who told us that the weather here is so nice in Pittsburgh. I think you, you and I looked at each other like, we've never heard this before. He, he did say that it's so nice here. <laughs> well, we have a pleasure of introducing Julian Haroon. Thank you for having me, guys. from Canada. Montreal, yeah, Canada. So do you speak both French and English? No, well, I try my best to speak English, yeah. Are we going to have to have subtitles? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully not. (laughs) Oui, oui. (laughs) Bonjour. I'm going to Paris next week, so. Yeah? Okay. You got to work on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just the basics. (laughs) Just the basics. (laughs) So what's it like owning your own brand in Canada? It's good. It's been a crazy ride so far. So uh, I was working in in the industry before having my home brand for like three years, uh, my partner for about 15 years. So when I started, you know, everything uh, grew so fast. We've been in business for like 37 months so far, and uh, we're definitely in the top five business in Canada so far. So what's the supplement industry uh, like size-wise, Canada versus United States? Probably 10% of the United States business. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you're saying like maybe like 30 million? Yeah, something like that. I heard a stat that there's just as much store in the state of California that there is in all Canada. Jeez. So this gives you an idea. Okay. And how's direct-to-consumer business in Canada? Is that Are they starting to buy more direct-to-consumer, or is it trending as quickly as here in the U.S.? Definitely not as quick as it happens in the U.S., especially with Amazon Prime and everything. I think the retail business is still very strong in Canada compared to here in the U.S., uh, but definitely a trend going yeah. to direct consumer for sure. So I hear the big retail in Canada is Popeyes. Uh, there's Supplement King, Popeyes, some big players like Shopsante in Quebec too, Bulldog, Erks. I'm afraid to uh, you know <laughs> forget someone here because okay. they're all gonna. Julia didn't mention us on We Make Supplements podcast. Well, yeah, there's a couple of big players there, and yeah, yeah it's still very strong. Are there any big websites? I know Amazon's in Canada now. Amazon's good. Yeah. Um, Bodybuilding.ca used to be good. I don't think there's as good now. Uh, but every big retailers have their own website, which is probably doing good. I don't have stats on these, but that's my feeling. So from a, from a marketing perspective, how do you determine where you're going to drive traffic through your marketing efforts? I mean, is that top some of your top retail partners or you just put the marketing out in general and let people know where it's available? How do you do that? Since we work with different retailers, it's hard for us to just be specific about marketing. So I'd usually just put out the brand as general marketing. I think it's the best way to do it. Yeah, so we work a lot with influencer marketing, and we just build groups of influencers in all regions of Canada and just ask them to push traffic around in the stores. Yeah, we don't even drive traffic to our own website because the retail business is so good. That's good to hear. Okay, we need to talk about something I really need to educate some people about. Let's right. go. Let's do it. Getting supplements into Canada <laughs> yeah. is probably the hardest country in the entire world. <laughs> it is, yeah. Literally, right? I remember uh, when we were trying to get shreds approved in Canada, there was just no way. I mean, granted, we had ingredients in it that you know, Canada would just never allow. <laughs> but like, you, you can't have too much vitamin C in a capsule. They like have like a level one, two, three approval system. Yeah. It's um, uh, Canada National Health. Uh, Health Canada. Yeah. Health Canada, right? Okay. And um, you have to get a code called an NPN. NPN, yeah. Right? And then that's like your approval. Like, hey, that Health Canada reviewed this product, and you're allowed to import it into the country. Or you're allowed to sell it in the country. Importing is an entire another like, It's a different ballgame, right, for right. sure, yeah. Okay, so, um, I mean, you, you must be an expert on NPNs. 
and like these like different categories and stuff. Like, yeah. why is Canada like so crazy about like these ingredients and like what they let in? I don't know, bro. I don't work for the government, but <laughs> one you don't, thing you don't have Trudeau on like speed <laughs> No, <laughs> but my father works with him. Um, does he really? Yeah. He what does. did your dad do? Uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but uh, uh, is, uh, is he like a like a CIA spy? <laughs> <laughs> no, not this high, but it's pretty high. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he's going to help Attaché. I like that word, attaché. (laughs) Something like that. I mean, when was your first experience with MPNs? Uh, Well, when we started dealing with MPNs, I want to say about eight years ago uh, when we had a brand. Well, we still have the brand, but uh, we started working with Health Canada on that. I want to say we have probably seven or eight NPNs for different SKUs that we sell in Canada. Um, And then for the facility here, we have our uh, Health Canada site license. So it makes things a little bit easier for people in Canada um, that are using us for manufacturing as well. So how long does it take to get an MPN? Um, It depends. So you have three classes. Like you you said before, you got class one, two, and three. So class three would be something where you need more study to prove the efficiency of the product, like a pre-workout, you know, any fat burners, test boosters, things like that. I remember Pump Addict, our best seller in Canada, it took us nine months to get approval from El Canada to be able to sell uh, this product. Same for the test booster, same for the energy burner. But if you go with like a monohydrate creatine, it's going to take up anywhere between 30 days to 45 days to be able to sell it. Yeah. Are there a lot of people with class three supplements in Canada? Yeah. Or like you one of the few? Everything goes under class three now because, yeah, even a regular BC would be class three now. BCA? BCA is class three. What do you have to prove with a BCAA? I don't know. They just need studies on leucine and like every ingredient you put in it. It's just interesting. It's been a while since we've done it. That's why. I yeah, I remember in Germany when you, you, you just told me, no, you can launch any product at any time in the U.S. I was like, oh, my God, it's yeah. fascinating. I need to go there and just launch as many SKUs as I can. He made me wait nine very slow, grueling months before he finally came to Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> right. He wanted to wait till the weather was great and it was snowing. Oh, yeah. he, didn't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. he didn't want to be here when it was too hot. <laughs> Only tropical storm season. No, no but was, that, go ahead. I was waiting for the Steelers to, to play, actually. Oh, okay. That's why. How was the game? It was great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no, no it's problem. Crazy. Thanks for coming in. It's interesting. I think uh, a topic that we uh, we talk about pretty often are expos, right? And it's interesting. You're from Canada. We're from the U.S., but we met at an expo in Germany. I know. Right? <laughs> and, and you guys didn't have a booth there. No, and just we didn't show. have a booth there. And it just kind of talks a little bit about uh, expos and how to really create value for your company by going. And, you know, people aren't really seeing the value in the, you know, actual getting booths and stuff like that. Um, so do you guys still do any expos? I, know, I think you mentioned yesterday you do one pretty big one in Canada, but uh, there's a lot of pl- a lot of people to meet just by going and, and hanging out and spending that time on a plane to get there. I agree. This is what we do. We go to Olymp- Olympia, we book some meetings, you know, around the show, same for Columbus, but the only expo we do is the one in Toronto. It's called the Toronto Pro Show. It's the biggest show in Canada, and it's still worth it, but having seen the Olympia this year, I was like, eh, I don't think I would pay for a boot to be there. Yeah, like you said. All the values in meeting people and just walking the yeah. show, I think. I so for you, with such a strong retail presence, yeah. is your booth like a, a retail-sponsored booth? Or are you partnering with like one of these stores? Or do you just do it on your own? I go on my own, like I do for marketing. I go just general and try to bring as much people as I can to the booth. And we've been very successful this year. Hopefully, you're going to be able to make the trip this year and, and see how big it oh, is. Oh, man, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there in my trench coat and, like, gloves <laughs> and, like, beanie, every, everything. What, when is it? Uh, around June 10th. Is that considered... Uh, you'll you'll only need a sweater in only June. Need a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 
Um, all right, so let's let's get an understanding of this. Yeah. Okay, so the Canadian to U.S. dollar conversion. Mm -hmm. uh, what what is that like right now? I think it's about one. I make like thirty-one cents on the dollar. So if you're a Canadian brand, does it make more sense to manufacture in the states and import it in, or to manufacture in Canada, and then you know if you have customers in the United States, like export it out? Retail-wise, it doesn't make sense because if your commercial invoice is over eight hundred dollars, they're gonna stall at the border. They're gonna charge your custom fees and everything. For direct consumer in the U.S., uh, we ship from Canada, and it still makes sense until I'm gonna have my warehouse here in Chicago or uh, Bethlehem. But uh, no, you have to manufacture in the U.S., stuck in the U.S. if you want to sell here for sure. I guess that makes sense. So let's say there's other brands, because I mean, you're probably one of the larger brands in Canada. Yeah. Let's say that there's a smaller brand in Canada. When is the right time to make that switch to start talking to a U.S. manufacturer? I don't know. When you feel like you're ready to move, you know, when you have enough experience in the market and you uh, believe in yourself, because I, the more I think and strategize about the U.S., the more I realize how big the difference is between the two markets and you have to adapt to, you know, even yesterday when we were doing the, the flavoring. I was like, I don't like this speech. And you were like, no, this speech is very good in the U.S. And there's so many difference you have to go through. And, you know, influencer marketing here is crazy. He was telling me that brisk iced tea yeah. is like the best flavored iced tea in all of Canada. <laughs> brisk is the shit in Canada. And I'm like, uh, Snapple, bro. Maybe <laughs> the best stuff on earth. Shout out Snapple. <laughs> Send us free cases. Yeah, so then I, I personally like the the uh, Arnold Palmer's the lemonade iced tea mix. I, I I haven't been able to go back to straight iced tea with a splash of lemon in a long time. I, I mean, who doesn't like an Arnold Palmer with a little bit of vodka? Yeah, right now we're talking. Mm -hmm. Speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, but is with this conversion rate? I know Sean. When we were in Europe, we were talking about how um, depending on the strength of the dollar, sometimes it makes more yeah. sense to manufacture here. Yeah. In the States, then in like your own host country, your country. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, um, especially in the U.S., when you're watching the news and stuff, they talk about the dollar being strong right now. And, and that's a good thing. Right. Overall. Uh, but when you're a business owner that's doing international business around the world, sometimes that could be a, a negative impact. Right. Because if the dollar is strong, then some of that, some of those savings where someone maybe in Europe or another country, uh, we're typically getting maybe 20 to 30% savings by buying here in the U.S. Um, that gets shrunk down, right? So if that gets shrunk down to 10 or 15%, then all of a sudden you're looking at after shipping and everything, it might not make as much sense. So, you know, as an American, great, like a strong dollar as a business owner that does business in 25 countries, um, you know, sometimes it's okay to be uh, slightly weak in the dollar. <laughs> well, I know when it comes to uh, shipping, when we had shreds, we were charging twenty nine ninety nine to send stuff to Canada. Man, c Canadian customers were so upset. Twenty nine ninety nine to ship, just to ship. To wow! Canada. I mean, we had to. The um, the USPS charge to get to like anywhere in Canada was at least sixteen seventeen dollars, mm -hmm. and then the the customs fee that we would have to pay to get the product imported into Canada was another outrageous charge. I mean, do you, what do you charge to ship to America right now? I'm pretty generous. I think I have a free shipping policy over 129, but like the difference is shameless I plug. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But the difference is I make money on the dollar right now, so that's why you know I mean I'm more flexible this way. But yeah. how long does it take for a shipment to get from Canada to like, a U.S. customer? East Coast would be about two three days. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. it's pretty fast. But like California, Hawaii, all these places, maybe five to eight days. Do you have any customers in Hawaii? 
Uh, we've done a couple orders there. Yeah. Okay. We might have to go visit them. You know, <laughs> next time at winter. That would be a around. good excuse to go there for sure. Yeah. Win a free uh, weekend with Julian from Believe. I like it. <laughs> Do you have any concerns? Um, I know that there's some talk right now uh, in in politics between the U.S. and Canada from switching from NAFTA to the MCA trade deal. Have you looked into that to see if it's going to impact you in your quest to bring your products to the United States? I just crossed my finger that everything is going to stay the same for now. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's worked so well for everyone. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about why you decided to jump into supplements. I know that you said you've been in the industry for a long time, but um, I mean, when I talk to people that are you know, business owners in Canada, usually um, consumer packaged goods is not the direction that they go in, right? I mean, there's headaches. Um, it's not as large of a market as it is like everywhere else in the world. And I mean, let's face it. I mean, people are cold and indoors most of the time, right? They're not outside showing off their bodies. So, I mean, what was your driving force to, to start this? I don't just, I'm a fitness passionate. Like, I'm super passionate about fitness in supplements, sports, everything. And uh, I was an athlete for a company, and they, they offered me the chance to launch some products without, uh, within their, their online. And, you know, I just started selling supplements, and it grew, it grew, it grew, and just, I don't know, opened my eyes to the opportunity I, I could have. And I was seeing all these big brands doing the same old same while the influencer marketing was growing and I saw a new opportunity marketing wise and it just just jumped on it and it worked. Yeah, okay. so wait, we're going to have to stop right. that. I'm going to we're going to do another episode as to um, your stories because I heard your story and I know Sean's story It's very similar. Yeah. We should do a whole another episode on that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine yeah. with me. All right, so let's go to a different topic. Okay. Um, when you are looking at packaging in Canada yeah. versus packaging here in the States, I know you saw some of our packaging with About Time. It's just drastically different, right, with all the different competitors here. I mean, you're going to have, I don't know, what, a thousand some different ISO protein brands in the, in the States. I mean, what do you guys do to, to separate yourself from everyone else in retail up there? But what we've done is, is launch unflavored protein and then sell the flavors on the side that has been very successful for us but i think the biggest difference i see in the u.s is that you don't have to put french on your labels so we have to put two oh, languages right. bilingual labels yeah so you lose a lot of marketing space on your mm. dubs that's the biggest difference we have i'm sure has there been any like innovative solution to that not really i remember as a kid like um there'd be like those baby tylenol bottles but then, like you could like rip open the label. To yeah, see, like, yeah, oh, yeah. More information it's not legal it. to do that. <laughs> oh, it's not legal no, to do that. No, you cannot do it. Oh man, in America, you get away with anything. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Land of the free. You guys uh, have all the good stuff here, <laughs> America. <laughs> okay, so um, with packaging though in retail, where do you think the direction is going in um, for Canadian customers? I know, like here, we were talking about shrinks during your visit here, and we we're talking about how. Uh, you know, showcasing flavors a little bit more might be something that's really in. I know over here, everyone's doing it, right? I think Dimatize just did a rebrand. I'm like, this looks kind of familiar. I wonder where they got this idea from. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> oh, I thought you did the rebrand. No, oh, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I had that corporate paycheck for that rebrand, that would have been nice. But, I mean, I'm seeing brands um, turn around and show those flavors more. I'm like, well, what's, what's going on with that in Canada? I, look, I think we could just simplify in one word, and the key to success in labeling is simplicity. You know, sometimes I just look at a dub, it's called, I don't know, uh, Big Bag Boom, and 
this is a pre-workout. Why don't you just call it pre-something or like pre-workout? I think a lot you of... You don't like big, bad boom? <laughs> hey, this is the first <laughs> word that comes to mind, but yeah. You know, I, it, I know there's a product out there probably called that too. <laughs> probably, but I saw some crazy shit on the yeah, shelves. Yeah, I was like, too. what the hell is that? And it's a BCA. And I'm like, oh my God. Someone right now at home is going to go daddy and seeing if the domain is available. I remember... Um, when we started Shreds, we started another line called Black Label Supplements. Okay. And uh, literally every single logo on the label was like skulls and like death signs. And we tried to make it as hardcore as possible. Is Canada like a hardcore market or is it more like a mainstream market when it comes to products? It's more mainstream for sure. It's just because MPNs won't allow anything hardcore in, right? Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. I mean, it would probably be, it'd be impossible to get any of that stuff approved. No. Any of the good stuff is not going to get approved. Any of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, are you saying Canada supplements aren't as good as American supplements? I mean, you guys have yo and buying legal. That's pretty good. <laughs> Which you found out a little bit about yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I had too much yo and buying yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. Reminds me of the niacin story. <laughs> okay, so with the overall market of supplements in Canada compared to America, what are you most excited about here? The opportunity to go really big. Really big. Yeah. I mean, it's a billion-dollar market in, in the states. I don't right? know how big, but like it's big. I want to replicate everything that we've done in Canada at scale. And uh, do you think advertising online is easier for the American customer than is the Canadian customer? Uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what's the the one thing you're most afraid of? Uh, definitely not the weather. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As a, as a young entrepreneur doing what you've done already, the correct answer, I would think, would just be nothing. Yeah, uh, I was nothing. just about to say nothing, man. Yeah. Chip off the old block. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like the thing that would scared me the most when I went into different countries yeah. was how long it would take for people of that country to uh, literally believe in the brand, mm-hmm. right? I know when we were breaking into Canada, I mean, people were like, there's no way this is going to ship to me in a day or two. Right, we're used to getting this thing in two to three weeks. That's how long it takes when they were ordering from Canada, like from us. Wow! And so, when we launched the two warehouses in Canada, I mean, I, I don't think anyone like believed that they would get it the next day. And when they started getting shipments the next day, that's when we were able to like to screenshot the responses and share it with social media. We even created separate accounts for Canada on social media. Um, I mean, are you going to be separating like the social media platform accounts? No. I think the, the cultures are so similar that I don't need to do it. But in Australia, we're uh, thinking about doing a Believe Australia because the culture is different and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Using kangaroos and koalas. Yeah, and you know, sandy beaches and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Can kangaroos use test boosters? I see some jack kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroos are jacked. <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, we're going to end this episode with one last question. Okay. What was your favorite part? about the tour and experience so far in Pittsburgh, other than the weather, because apparently it's like a tropical vacation for him, and other than the football game. Okay. Right. I was about to say the football game. <laughs> was, that, was that your I'm first kidding. time at a, at a football game, an American Stadium. football game? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. It was a crazy experience. So what I like the most uh, is that you guys walk the walk. You know, everything you talk to me about in Germany, you know, in terms of communication, quality control, everything. I mean, I saw it here. That's great. You guys no, are for real. That. There's no and show, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's not a smoke show. You guys are for real. And I recommend every brand owner, you want to come to the U.S., uh, you should give Sean a call. And uh, Or Encore. Or Encore. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what hour of the night. <laughs> <you call. laughs> 